You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. All right, welcome back to The Worker's Mic here on 720 WGN. I'm Ed Maher. I'm sitting next to Ken Edwards. And with us, we've got Pat Kelly from the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 399. Welcome, Pat. He's the president business manager. Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity Absolutely. to to, uh, to come on your show. Yeah, and we're psyched to have you here. Tell us about Local 399. Well, Local 399, uh, we have roughly 10,000 members in the state of Illinois and Indiana. We represent members in the public and private sector. Uh, our members handle uh, building operations in commercial office buildings, hotels, hospitals, casinos, uh, universities, anything that's got four walls and a building system, you'll, you'll find a local 399 member. So it's it's what uh, we, we in labor call the stationary engineer. Stationary engineer. We're in one Be- location. Because the guys are literally working that one location. Correct. Let me ask you this. Does a guy, that a stationary engineer, does he work? Can he work in one building his entire career? They can. They could. They, some of our members have been trainees in a building and uh-huh. stay in that building for 40, 50 years. Wow. Wow. And if you're in one of the larger buildings, the sky rise down here, uh, how many stationary engineers might be in a single building? It all depends on how much equipment you have in the building. Um, some data centers that are maybe 60,000 square feet may have 10, 10 engineers. Wow. Sears Tower, I think we have 20, 30, or Willis Tower. Uh, you can call it the Sears Tower. You can call it the Sears Tower. Nobody knows knows what the Willis Tower is anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Is that even a thing thing anymore? Is it still called Willis Tower? I think it is. Well, I'm going to go back to Sears Tower. So let me ask you this. Um, Some people go 24-7s. Like, do you guys have 24-7s? Yes. Night shift, day shift, et cetera? Yeah, it all depends on what the employer's needs are and the tenant's needs are. Uh, We follow whatever uh, they they expect out of us and by our contract. So, yes, we have first shift, second, and third shift, 24-7 operation. I got to tell you, so when I worked at 150, we had some some units that were 24-7 as well. And servicing a unit that's 24-7 is not as easy as servicing a unit that's working 7 to 3.30, right? No, it's not. And I, I can tell you right now, the way the uh, the market has been, we're, we're in desperate need for second and third shift uh, engineers. I'm sure. Uh, there's more and more jobs. We picked up the Chicago Public Schools. We probably picked up 150 jobs there. Wow. So those were all day shifts. And uh, all the guys on second and third shift that, that were working in the city, they want to go work day shift, they left them. Are you taking applicants for apprenticeship at any time this year? Or? Uh, we are constantly um, looking for trainees. Uh, we have a, a program, a training program affiliated with Triton College, where uh, uh, trainees and engineers, members can get their associate's degree. Where is Triton College? Triton College is in River Grove, but our training center is in, in uh, the city. So your training center is actually at your hall? At our hall. In Chinatown? Yes, Pilsen, Chinatown. So yeah. is, it, uh, is it open? So is training, do you take applications year-round? Yes, we do. So it's always open? It's always open. And what is somebody like, if they wanted to apply, Where who would they call? They would call just a general number and talk to an agent, and the agent would instruct them what they'd have to do to, to apply for the uh, the training program. What is that number? 312-372-9870. And is, okay. there, is there a website they can go to? We have a website, www.ioe399.org. Okay. Well, you just passed the, the first two questions. Yeah, and if anyone out there wants to organize, too, they can use that same number. Any skilled maintenance employees, please give us a call. Absolutely. How long is the training program for people that come in? Roughly, it's a, uh, it's a two-year program. We're tied to the city license uh, to operate and maintain a high-pressure boiler system or heating system. You need two years' experience mm. to sit for the license exam. Once you pass the license exam, you become marketable to be a, an engineer. Uh, we also we sit down with the 
with every trainee before they even get involved in the program and tell them they have to take four classes before we even talk about going on any interviews for for a trainee. But cream the crop guys coming out of the training program, once they have their engineer's license, will have 20, 25 classes done. Wow. Wow. And they all take those by you? They all take them at the uh, majority of them take them at the at the uh, the training center mm-hmm. center we are affiliated with the junior colleges that have HVAC programs in the in That's the suburbs. Right. So this is an uh, this is an entree into uh, the operating engineers local three ninety nine, and it's also an entree into the middle class. Definitely. Uh, like what is it? What does the average operator make? They're making in the mid forty forty five dollars an hour. But oh. another another step they can do once they get their associate's degree. They can become marketable to be assistant chief or chief engineer, which these people can make over $100,000 a year, uh, well over 100000 And that does not include benefits. That does not include benefits. It's it's just just the salary. That's just the base salary. Yes. And then from there, they get their associate's degree. We have a four-year degree program, a bachelor's degree in more or less facilities management over at Illinois Institute, in Illinois Institute of Technology, where they can get their four-year degree, become a facility manager. We have members making in excess of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow, so that's fantastic! So, with opportunities like this at the end of the training program, let me ask: is 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 there a fee to get into the apprenticeship program? Do you have to pay for this training, or is it is it free? No, the, the classes uh, as a non-member coming into the program and wanting to be a, a, tra- a trainee, a member of the union, the cost our courses I believe are about three hundred dollars a class. Um, we're below, you know, the uh, junior college rate and the private. Uh, schools that are out there teaching right. HVAC, mm-hmm. so we're 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 definitely definitely within market for uh, people to afford the classes. Mm-hmm. So it's cheaper than junior college, and then you get to go out and you're going to make, quite frankly, probably more than somebody graduating from a junior college program with an associate's degree in English, for example. Right? Oh, I mean, you're you're walking into the a solid six figure plus benefits middle class income and and you can and you can make it a, a, a big time career if you want if you want to get your associate's degree and you want to get your four-year degree yep it's all there we have it all laid out for them the whole career path and we explain that to, to every candidate that comes in an agent is assigned to that candidate act as a, a mentor and they explain to him the the uh, him or her the uh, the career path as being a trainee first then an engineer then possibly an assistant chief or chief then they can also get into facilities management and make, like I said, an excess of $250,000. And when they're in management, do they stay a part of the union? Majority of the guys do. You always have the one-offs that may not uh, want to join and they'll, or they'll, they won't keep their membership and they'll forget where they came came from. Yeah. But majority of them do remember and they're cooperative with yeah. our cause. Yeah. People shouldn't forget where they came from. No, they from. shouldn't. Yeah. We don't like those people. We remember those people. Absolutely. <laughs> so let's switch gears um we have a you know an election coming up i'm not sure if you've heard no uh, i have not heard yeah, okay yeah. we probably haven't gotten any mailers yes I must, no. I must, all I'm, of us all of us are getting bombarded with the mailers <laughs> I and think I have to commercials buy, and everything else yeah i need a bigger mailbox with the amount that i'm getting i need a bigger recycling bit for the <laughs> <of> mail <laughs> i keep telling you like why do you i get three at the same time you know it's just right. a, a, amazing they're, so they're bad at scheduling this mail they really like. are or, or the post office i don't know but yeah. you know, eh. stop blaming everything on the post office Sorry, Ken. you're right my bad so we've got the workers rights amendment though and i know that i've seen things with local 399 members being pretty active in volunteering this so is is the workers rights amendment something that's a uh, priority for your membership uh, it's definitely uh, high on our list because of, first of all i want to make it clear that the workers rights amendment it's not a Democrat or Republican issue. It's a, it's a workers' issue. It's our issue. Labor unions put the amendment on the ballot for all workers, you know, union or non-union. It's for everybody. Workers have done have a once-in-a-lifetime chance to enshrine our right to bargain and to organize in the Illinois Constitution so no politician can take our rights away. Yeah, I think that's, a, that's an important point. And so for those of you that have not listened in the past – 
uh, or that are just tuning in, you know, we're talking to Pat Kelly right now, uh, president business manager of Local 399 of the Operating Engineers, and we're talking about the Workers' Rights Amendment. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now, but you hit the nail on the head. It is not a Democrat or Republican issue, period. As a matter of fact, it's anti-politician. It takes the power of politicians away so they don't come in and constantly introduce legislation that we either are pro and have to get behind and pump money into or we're against and have to fight against it and pump money into that. It ends that discussion, correct? Right. And I I believe in an age where where many are afraid of losing freedoms, here's our chance to vote for an amendment which will protect freedoms that you have today that tomorrow – you can lose them. Yeah, then right. You hear all the stuff about I want to live in a free America and you know less government intrusion and, and all those kind of things. You know, this actually does that in 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 real world. It puts into the Constitution an actual amendment that would protect workers. Correct, and like you said, Pat, it's not. Is it public workers? Is it private sector workers? Is it both? It's all workers. It's all workers. Correct. So we've heard. You know, uh, we've heard that, oh, this is only for the big public sector unions and they're, the union bosses and they're going to raise taxes and, you know, all this kind of nonsense. Um, is there anything in the in the amendment about taxes? There's nothing in the amendment about taxes. If I could share a story with you yeah. about uh, a unit we had in, in the city of Fort Wayne, the second biggest city in Indiana. We represented the public workers works department there and filtration, filtration plant, the water plant. There were also about five other unions involved, representing another 500 members. Wow. Overnight, the city council voted to take away all of their bargaining rights. Just like that? Just like that. Collective bargaining was made illegal. Overnight, 600 union members' rights they had the day before were gone. They said goodbye to their yearly pay increases, structured in their contracts. Now back, now they're working back underneath the merit system. Health insurance premiums have gone up. There's no grievance procedure. There's no more contract-mandated safety meetings. Their contract was essentially torn up, and now they're left to fend for themselves without union representation. That's a, So because they were at the whim, and it's Indiana, right? Indiana. Yeah. Which, Things you know, are different in Indiana. So for those of you that don't know, and, and how would you, Indiana at some point, they, they never actually had a, a public sector collective bargaining law. What they had was an executive order by a governor. Um, several years ago when Mitch Daniels took over, he literally ripped up that order so like you said it went to city councils and city councils that had a collective bargaining ordinance portage fort wayne you know some of the ones that are closer quite frankly to illinois have these ordinances what you're saying is fort wayne decided in one fell swoop to rip it up so the contract became null and void correct correct there's nine members on that council six people six anti-union anti-worker politicians make the decision for 600 members and their families. They lost their rights. And their families. Their families, their benefits. All it's, It sickens me how much money that those people probably have lost in their lives because the last 10 years they've been without union representation. And this gets to the heart of why the Workers' Rights Amendment is so important because even when you're a member of a union, um, you know, with all these rights and the ability to negotiate with your employer, there's still this threat of state legislators or local lawmakers coming in and just saying something that you can't contest taking away things and you can't get them back so that is exactly why this is so important for so many workers in the state of illinois because if these lawmakers wanted to come in and take away these rights after the workers rights amendment is passed these workers can just say go pass a constitutional amendment if you want to talk about this we've protected our rights and you don't have you you just don't have uh, any right to to tell us to do this anymore so 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 it takes away from a local politician at a you know um a city council level it takes it away from um a mayor. It takes it away from a governor. It takes it away from a state legislator. 
right? It takes it right. away from all of them and enshrines it in the Constitution, correct? Yeah, and yeah. if we can all agree on something, I think everyone will agree that we just want to keep politicians out of our lives, <laughs> keep them out of our paychecks for sure. Out of our pocketbooks, that's Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Especially when six politicians, again, yeah. right. can take away the rights away from 600 people overnight. Look, destroying look, families. Look, look, look what Governor Rauner did. I mean, he came into the state of Illinois with one purpose, to break unions. And he tried to pass, you know, right-to-work zones and all these, you know, really antiquated laws that were bad for working people. And unions got together. It cost us a bunch of money and time and effort. And we kicked the crap out of him, right? We sent him packing. Well, you mentioned the property taxes, too. I was talking to the agent that handles Fort Wayne. We're still in the fight over Fort Wayne trying to, trying to flip the city council. Of course. Property taxes are still rising. Water bills are still rising. Right. So all this argument about saying that the Workers' Rights Amendment is going to raise your taxes yeah. is a bunch of political smoke. Absolutely. When you when you increase the income tax base and take people off of social programs, things like that, there's less uh, there's less of pressure on uh, on local property taxes. Absolutely. And especially, uh, I think you know, in the working class, especially who we represent, you know, bars tend to make out really well. When bars we make, make out pretty well. I <laughs> think. Yeah, uh, especially on a Friday on the way home. <laughs> Does that mean you're buying? Well, no, it's, it's it's Sunday morning, so we we can wait till noon. Have Take it easy, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> it's Welcome. happy hour somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Well, listen, we really appreciate your coming by, uh, and, and thank you for taking the time on, on this Sunday morning to talk to your workers, to talk to your members, to talk to, quite frankly, you know, every anybody that's listening uh, about why this uh, amendment is so important to to the working class here, not only in Chicago, obviously, but the state of Illinois. I appreciate the opportunity, and thank you. Again, Ed and uh, Ken, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Pat. We'll be right back. You've been listening to The Worker's Mic here on 720 WGN.